I'm Frank Garza, and welcome to Here and Abroad, a podcast that follows the U.S. men's national team and their player pool across Europe, MLS, or wherever else they play their club football. The Bundesliga kicks off this weekend. Union Berlin plays their season opener against Mainz on Sunday, and Union Berlin is our topic for today's show. We're going to talk about their two American players, Brendan Aronson and Jordan Pifak, and what to expect from them this season. We'll also do a more general overview of the club for those that haven't watched a lot of them play in the past. To help me with this topic, I've invited Kit Holden to join the show. Kit is a British-German author and journalist who lives and works in Berlin. He writes regularly on Union Berlin for Der Tagesspiegel, a German daily newspaper. He's also the author of a recent book on Union Berlin, Scheisse, We're Going Up, The Unexpected Rise of Berlin's Rebel Football Club. Kit, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, man. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about Union Berlin. I'm excited about their match this weekend. And I thought we'd start with Brendan Aronson. Back in early July, it was announced he would join Union Berlin on a, on a season-long loan deal from Leeds. Uh, what were your initial thoughts when you heard about that deal? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose the the big reaction at that point, um, and in the summer, a lot has happened in the summer since, but at that point it was it was possibly even the, the biggest transfer of the summer so far and, and one of the biggest uh, that Union have had in the last few years, purely on the basis that it's quite rare that a club like Union, who even though they, they finished high up in the Bundesliga last year, have still have one of the smaller budgets in, in the league. And obviously the Bundesliga is not one of the richest of the the major leagues in Europe. So it's quite rare that a club like Union would would be signing a player who, who was playing regularly in the Premier League last year, albeit you know, for Leeds who got relegated and, and he's only been there a year and he's a young player. But yeah, I think that was a a pretty exciting a pretty exciting signing for Union. And as I say, the the summer has only got more exciting since in in southeast Berlin. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of lot of excitement. I think when when Aronson when Aronson joined. So you you know you follow the club you know very closely. I believe you said you were even going to be speaking with Brendan uh, this week. What have you seen so far from him in in preseason and just your observations of of him around the club? Yeah, I mean, he seems to be settling in really well. I, I spoke to him a, a few hours ago, actually, just on a, a media roundtable, and he seems, I mean, you know, he's a, uh, I guess your listeners will probably know, he's this very kind of sure of himself young guy, very chatty, very, very good-natured, and and he seems to be very, very comfortable in, in Berlin, just as he was at Leeds. On the field, he, he seems to have fit in very, very quickly indeed. I mean, uh, watching the, the sort of pre-season friendlies at Union, he's... He's he's been playing a lot, and he, he really looks very comfortable and very dangerous in that in that attacking midfield role. It's a role, really. I think that that he could become very very important in this year for Union because it's the sort of he's the sort of player and um, the sort of style of player that perhaps they've been missing a bit last year. Um, get onto how they play maybe a bit later, but but you know they're more of a defensive team, and they have been on occasion a little bit kind of two dimensional in attack when when teams have them sus. So it's really good to see a player like like Brendan Harrison, who's obviously a bit more dynamic. You know, he's he's taking on players he's he's wriggling past players he's going on these mazy runs and he's starting attacks and and that's really exciting i think and i think the the fans have reacted really well to that and uh, i was at the um the game against atalanta the sort of big season opening uh pre-season friendly the other week and and i think he came off after about an hour but he had he had a fantastic game until then really really played well and was one of the standout players so i mean it, it's one of those clubs where everyone who comes there they you know the squad turnaround is always very very high but everyone who comes there says that you can fit in very, very quickly, and and it seems to be the same for him. He seems seems pretty uh, 
pretty confident and pretty happy. So uh, I think, yeah, a lot, a lot will be expected of him this year. Can you talk to me about how you think the team's going to utilize them this year? You talked about him looking good in this attacking midfield role. You know, us, you know, with the national team and even with us watching Leeds, we see we've seen him move around in a variety of different positions. How do you see uh, Uni and Berlin u- utilizing him this season? Yeah, as I say, I think, you know, I mean, Union's game is very much based on this kind of solid defense and solid back line and, and hitting teams on the counterattack and you know, you've usually got a couple of couple of defensive midfielders who are in a, a perhaps a little bit more of a a rougher, uh, destructive kind of role. Uh, Randy Kadira, or in the past, Robert Andres, or players like that. And uh, often, and certainly last season, there was a sense that you know, Sheraldo Becker up there, who's who's a very fast centre forward and winger, and and often it seemed like there was beyond just getting the ball to him and unleashing him on a counter attack. You know, there, there wasn't too much too many plan B's or plan C's going forward. It seems like they're tweaking stuff tactically this year anyway. Fisher seems to be experimenting a bit more with the, with the front three as, as more again than he, than he used to with the, with the front two. And I think Aronson is, is in that role just behind, whether it's a front two or a front three, in that role just behind the, the central striker. Is, like I say, he's the sort of player that, that they've missed. I mean, they had it in Max Cruiser a couple of years ago and that, and that really revolutionized uh, Onion's play. It was one of the the few periods since they came up to the Bundesliga where you've seen them play a bit more expansively, seen them play a bit more attacking and, and, and taking the game to the opposition, dominating possession. And I think that is the next step in, in this team's development. Narenson does seem to be the kind of player that, that could allow that to happen a bit more and, and maybe kind of, yeah, bring another dimension to Onion's game. And I don't know, I mean, I asked him earlier, you know, Onion's back line and Onion's midfield is, as I say, probably a little bit tougher and a little bit more well-drilled than, than Leeds was uh, last year. So I was, I'm, I'm interested to see whether that actually benefits him, where, where, you know, whether or not he can kind of really, really fulfill that, those attributes that he has in that attacking role and, and maybe play with a little bit more freedom when he knows he has a bit more stability further back than, than perhaps he did with, with Leeds. So we'll see. I mean, you know, he was, he's right at the start, so I think he's, he's still kind of getting used to the the tactics and on your and getting used to the kind of tough love that that they get on the training pitch out there under under Ross Fisher but uh I think it's a, a good good pairing where both he can he can bring something to the development of the team and and vice versa. Do you see him being consistently in the starting 11 or do you see him coming on more as a sub or a, or a combination of both? I mean at the moment I would I would see him in the starting 11. I don't really see the only other player who, who might end up in that role that I can see is Yannick Harborough. Um, I said it with Laudini maybe a little bit, but those guys are slightly more box-to-box players anyway, I, I, and, they're, and they're slightly different players in terms of their build and their style. I think it does depend on the on the opponents. Oz Fisher is is a coach who who does tend to react and adapt to whatever the task is in front of him, and you know there's rarely a sentimental choice or a, or a sense that he has a, a definite eleven that that you know he always goes with and 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 sticks with. So he you know and, and they're playing in three competitions. I mean clearly there'll be a certain level of rotation that's that's just built into that anyway. But but I certainly see Aronson is up there. We'll see. I mean, you know see how players adapt and, and some players start really well and, and, and tail off a little bit more. So we'll, we'll see if he can keep up this kind of good form he's had in preseason. But certainly from his quality and, and from the kind of profile of a player he is, I see him as, as yeah, definitely gunning for a, for a place in the starting line at most games. Okay, let's talk about Jordan Peefock now. You know, he's been with the club since 2022. I believe this is his second full season now. He's a guy that seemed to get off to such a strong start 
last season. I mean, we were seeing highlights over here of him banging in goals and getting assists. Uh, he was, you know, a lot of people were shouting for him to get a look on the national team um, as we were approaching the World Cup, you know, last year. And then he seemed to cool off a little bit later in the season. Talk to me about him and, and what you think happened to him last season. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I mean, I, I remember being at the the Wolfsburg game and I guess it was October, maybe early November last year, home game, and, and he scored in that game and it was, it must have been the sixth or seventh goal that he'd scored that season already. And like you say, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of feeling that, that again, this, this may be a player that, that Union have been lacking, kind of guy who can get you know between the lines a little bit and, and pop up in uncomfortable places and and score those goals from you know from close range and he was he looked exciting and he looked different and he looked like he was he was really settling in and then after that game there was nothing for <laughs> for months it, it really tailed off and i don't know it's hard to judge i mean he seems quite a kind of quiet reserved guy anyway so it's it's hard to judge really whether or not you know there's something off the field if he hasn't uh, really taken to to life at the club or the city because you know it's it's not like he, he came in and was really really effusive and, and having a great time and then suddenly wasn't wasn't happy anymore he's he's always the kind of seemed to be a guy who keeps himself to himself a little bit more and and, and is a bit more reserved so i don't know it, it's 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 difficult to to say what what exactly happened there i think it, it could well be also that you know kevin Barron's the the guy who was basically the he was competing with for that for that place and who maybe didn't seem at the start of last season like he was going to be a first choice striker had an absolutely fantastic season last year and, and really started working well with uh with Terrell de becker and so you know once he gets on a bit of a run then he's the guy they turn to rather than rather than jordan sometimes it does take time as i say when is a club that's known for for being a place where players settle in very quickly and, and feel comfortable very quickly but there are other examples of of players who've taken a year or so and then and then really kick on asked Brendan about him earlier and, and he seemed very positive and said he you know Jordan seems to be you know in good spirits and, and looking good in preseason and and he thinks he's going to kick on this year so so we'll see I mean I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of tactical changes and, and stuff that could maybe open up a little bit more more of a chance for him again you know fresh wind start of a new season does does bring in kind of a different dynamic and and towards the end of last season Union were definitely kind of running on fumes and and, and were kind of Tactically as well, they were they were playing in in a way that was familiar, and and because they had games every two or three weeks, they weren't really trying stuff out or experimenting or, or whatever. It was it was all very kind of by the book, by the Oz Fisher book. And I think yeah, the fact that that Jordan's mid season didn't really quite work out maybe didn't help him in that respect. So hopefully he gets a few more games this year, and, and we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of competition there with with Behrens and and Becker and now you've got David Dutra Fofana has had a really good preseason on loan from Chelsea. Um, there's talk of Kevin Folland coming in as well. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of competition in that front line at Union. Has Kevin Behrens kind of passed him up as the number one striker option for uh, Union Berlin? Do you see PFOC number two on the depth chart now, or or how do you how do you see all that? I mean, yeah, that's that's how it's been. Well, that's how it was in the last six months of last season. I mean, Geraldo Becker is the is the number one front man, but you know, depending on the system, he might play wide. Whereas Behrens is is as a kind of almost a like for like tall guy in the middle, um, uh, like like Jordan. He he has definitely been been ahead of him in the pecking order in the last few months. 
on the other hand, I mean, Behrens, Behrens is a player who nobody ever would have thought, you know, would be playing at this level and scoring this many goals. You know, he came from Zanthausen in the second division, small club in the second division, seemed like a kind of second division journeyman, a squad player. That's what many people had him down as when he arrived. And he's matured on your over the last few years to, to be a really, really efficient striker at Bundesliga level. Whether he can make that, that next step up to Champions League level is, is another question. And I, you know, Maybe I don't think he's the he's the youngest either. I think he's over thirty already. So it may be that he he begins once again to start playing more of a bit role as a super sub, that kind of player that that he's always expected to play. And and Jordan gets a bit more of a chance. But as I say, I mean, there's other guys coming in too. You know, if 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 Dutra Fofana continues in the way he's been playing in preseason, then he's got a very very strong claim to play up there. It's a question of whether Sheraldo Becker will stay. You know, there's been rumours of him going to Serie A and moving on. So. But if he stays, he's definitely, definitely a you know uh, absolute hundred percent starter up front. So yeah, there's there's competition and and but I think the the good thing about Onyon from from Jordan's perspective is that everything is always thrown out of the window every summer. You know, there's no you have to to reprove yourself. And Behrens could have been the first choice for the last six months, but that doesn't mean anything now for a coach like Fisher because it's always about reproving yourself, tinkering with it, making sure there's constant development and constant turnover in the squad. And and so if you you know get a run of form, then then you're back in. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about uh, the coach Urs Fisher. You know, I, I think there's Brendan Aronson's a pretty popular player here in the U.S., so I think people are going to be tuning in. More people are going to be tuning in to watch Union Berlin this season maybe um, than before. Maybe they don't have a lot of background on the coach, the style of play, the team. So what can you tell us about the coach and, and his preferred playing style? Yeah, as I say, it's you know, it's not always pretty. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know, <laughs> tends to tends to have a, a a pretty solid back three and wing backs and yeah, a couple of destructive guys in in midfield and and yeah, plays on the transitions and the and the counter attacks and it's yeah, it's it's uh, one of my colleagues at, at my newspaper is uh, <laughs> is. Uh, Less than enamoured of that style, and was and was uh, secretly really hoping uh, that Union didn't get into the Champions League because he, he couldn't stand the idea that uh, a, a team that plays such such negative football as he sees it would have would have got that far. But the bottom line is it's effective, and, and there's a reason why uh, this team and this club has been punching above its weight so so much in the last few years, and and that's because Fisher is a. Uh, I wouldn't say a disciplinarian. I mean, he, you know, he's he's a friendly guy as well, and he's a kind of father figure, I think, for for a lot of players coming in. But he's, you know, he's he knows what he demands of his players and what he expects of his players, and he trains them hard and he drills them hard, and he expects a certain amount of of positional discipline and 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 maintaining that defensive structure is is the absolute bedrock of it all, um, which it is for any team. But but you know, Onion do it so well and and so efficiently, and and you notice in the few games where they suddenly lose that for whatever reason. I mean, you know, at the end of uh, last year in December, they, they lost 5-0 to Leverkusen and then I think the following week 4-1 to Freiburg or something. And it just, just for a week or so, they just lost their rhythm in terms of that defensive shape. And suddenly teams were rolling them over because because that was their, their, their big, big strength and that was the thing that their entire success was based on. And, you know, it's rare that they're going to be winning games 5-0, 6-0. You know, they tend to be more 2-1 more wins, 1-0 wins. And yeah, as I say, they 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 hit players on the counter attack. You have fast, you know, rapid wingers like like Becker and and now Fofana, and you have big guys like Kevin Behrens who pop up in the box and and you know bundle them in any which way. So it's 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 agricultural as as we say in the UK um, sometimes, but it's it's solid and it and it works. And I think there is also scope. I mean, he 
Fisher is sometimes characterized, and like I say, my colleague is this very kind of negative coach, but but he has, as I say, under you know, a different periods when Max Cruiser was there, they have played some exciting football as well, and they they there is scope, I think, for for his style to develop with the right players, and yeah, so we're hoping that that players like Aronson can can bring that that extra kind of level and, and dynamic. So you've talked to me about some of the the players, the key players already. I've heard you mention Becker. We've talked about Barons a little bit. Um, you mentioned Fofana. I mean, for folks who are tuning in to watch, you know, games for the first time or the first few times, who who are some of the the main players that you think they should keep an eye on, or or the stars of the team, the fan favorites, that sort of thing? Yeah. So I mean, I mean. Big name stars are obviously few and far between on your it's it's always been a culture of you know team first and and getting perhaps less big names to overperform and and players who are perhaps Bundesliga journeymen and not that interesting to suddenly reach new levels that that nobody had previously thought possible but but it's getting you know obviously you get into the Champions League and and bigger names come and and you know they just signed Robin Gorsens who was who played for Germany at the Euros in in twenty twenty one. Played in Champions League final for Inter Milan last year. That's a, a huge, huge signing. And there's even talk now of them signing Leonardo Bonucci, which would be uh, <laughs> an out of this world from from an Union perspective. But if, uh, as far as the current crop and the and the fan favourites are, uh, are concerned, it's the big fan favourite is Christopher Trimmel, uh, who's who's a 36 year old Austrian right back. He's been captain for six years. He's played at Union for 10 years. He joined 2014 when they were still in the second division. Went through various second division relegation fights with Union. Uh, eventually got promoted as captain in his first season as captain. And everyone thought at that time, well, you know, Trimmy is away over 30. You know, he's, he's played in the Austrian league and second division Bundesliga, but he's not going to make it as a big Bundesliga star. And in the last few years, he's he's completely proved them wrong. And and. You know, at times been absolutely, absolute regular at the right, you know, immovable in the in the right back position, and and the fans absolutely love him. It's you know when he when he signed a new deal for to extend his contract for another year last year, it was it was you know parties on the streets of Kupernik, and he's a he's a cool guy as well. You know, he listens to jazz and he he's got he does tattoos. He's got his own tattoo parlor and he drives a Harley Davidson. And you know everybody everybody loves Tremmy. So he's the, he's the guy really, and that's what those are the kind of guys they like at on you. And I mean that you know it's a, the fan base is very much. They're into their cult heroes. They're into guys who are, who are obviously giving a hundred percent, and they're not into their kind of flashy players so much. So, yeah, it's 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 all about the the tough guys and the cult heroes. Christopher Trimmel, I would I will look forward to checking him out <laughs> uh, on Sunday. I actually had a good uh, just on just on Trimmy. While we're on Trimmy, I, I remember at the at the Euros in twenty twenty one, I was watching Austria against Italy and and you know obviously it was a tense game and Austria nearly won and and then eventually Italy you know they take the lead and it, it becomes clear in the last few minutes that Austria don't have a chance anymore and I was in Italy and all I was doing was saying please please just give Trimmy two minutes on on the field and then suddenly I see him warming up for the touchline I celebrate like it's a goal and all the Italians turn and look at me like what, what the hell is going on I'm like well there's a guy from Monjordan and he's about to come on for like a two minute cameo but yeah that was uh, that's Trimmy that's cool I get that okay so Champions League football this season first ever time for Union Berlin playing in the Champions League What's the expectations, you know, not just for how they can do in the Champions League, but how people are expecting them to do in the in the Bundesliga this this upcoming season? Yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, you know, you ask uh, you ask Urs Fischer and he, he looks at you in his this sort of serious uh, Swiss poker face and, and says, 
that the uh, the aim of the season is to get 40 points and avoid relegation and everything else is uh, is a bonus and we'll see when the time comes um that's very much been the attitude for four years and it's served them well so you know why would he change that attitude now but i think realistically you know they've shown in the last few years that they're, that they're capable of a lot more than that they've qualified for europe three years in a row now there's new new a new caliber of player coming in new quality in the squad um in the Champions League, they'll obviously be be rank outsiders. You know, they've got very, very few players. I mean, Brendan Aronson, who, who played six or seven Champions League games for RB Salzburg, is one of the most Champions League experienced players in the squad. I mean, that 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 says it all. Um, so I think you know, even finishing third in the group and getting getting into the Europa League would be a huge success for anyone in the Champions League. And I think people are more just looking forward to big games against Real Madrid or Manchester United or whoever it is. You know, you're guaranteed these these big ties. And in the Bundesliga, we'll see. I mean, I mean, I think you know, it'd be very surprising if they if they did get pulled into the relegation fight. I think they, you know, realistically are looking to qualify for Europe again. The Champions League was was a huge sensation and a, and a huge surprise. I don't think I don't think anybody's expecting that for a second year in a row. So people will be happy, I think, with Conference League with uh, with the Europa League, and we'll see what's possible. I mean, last year they were they were in the title race until April, so you really never know with Union and, and and this kind of mixture of, of stability and 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 humility has, has served them very well and, and allowed them to to really overperform in the last few years and every year it's it's got better and better so yeah we'll see i mean it'll be nice to from a kind of sympathizer perspective it would be nice to have a you know a trophy to show for for all this kind of this golden era this golden sort of 5 years it would be nice to have a cup run or or something that ended in in something concrete but yeah i mean this is this is uh dreamland anyway that, that uncharted territory <laughs> exactly exactly and uh yeah i don't think anybody can uh can be disappointed even if they were get to get relegated i think people would say well it's been an amazing ride in the last few years you know the rise of of union berlin is a nice lead up into the next thing i want to talk about which is your background and the book that you wrote about them i couldn't help but just be curious about you know, how did you ended up in in Berlin writing for Union Berlin? What led to you writing this this book that I believe you released last year? Uh, talk to me about that. Yeah, so I, mean, I I grew up in the UK, but some family in Germany. I studied German, and then and then did a year in Germany during my degree, and and worked at the did an internship at the paper. I now now work out and freelance, but I write about Union for for a paper in Berlin, and I yeah written for them ever since ever since I was a student and so yeah Berlin was was essentially where I where I started my career for that reason really it was it was where I'd started it anyway so I carried on and having moved here I mean I, I wanted to kind of you know go and watch some live football as a fan and as many many people who, who moved to Berlin find Hertha wasn't wasn't that exciting you know even though they were a bit they were the big club at that time in Berlin they play in the big Olympic Stadium it's often half empty they play pretty rubbish football, you know. It's not that exciting. Uh, Onion also played rubbish football, but and played in the second division. And you know this amazing stadium in the middle of the woods with twenty thousand people standing up and smoking and drinking and shouting and all the rest of it. And it's a, uh, you know, it's it's one of those special atmospheres that you don't really get anywhere else in Europe. And that that got me. And and so you know I started going more regularly, and then eventually my paper I started writing for the, writing about them a few years ago and I always thought well you know it's an amazing story there's, there's so many different things about Onion going back into the history of East Germany and and what it meant to people at that time right up to the modern day where you know the fans are, are donating blood to save the club from going bankrupt in in 2004 they're, they're pulling together to to build their own stadium and renovate their own stadium when 
the state won't do it for them and and nobody's no sponsors are coming in to do it uh and in 2009 the fans volunteered thousands of fans volunteered to do it themselves um you know it's a very very special community with a very special story and i always thought well somebody needs to to write this story in english and then when they got promoted i thought well you know this is the chance it's now or never because they'll be in the bundesliga for one year and then they'll get relegated again and and nobody will care about them <laughs> this is this is the opportunity to write a book so i started doing it then and uh yeah Handily for the book sales, they've kept winning. <laughs> more and more people have kept being uh, <laughs> kept getting interested. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been great. All right. So the book is called Shaisa. We're going up. Am I saying that correctly? Shaisa. Yeah. Shaisa. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Kit. In the show notes, I'll link to your uh, Twitter, which is at Kit Holden. Uh, so that people can find you there. And uh, I believe there's links to your book and and, uh, the newspaper that you write for. But is there anywhere else you'd like people to go? Or do you have any other final thoughts before we wrap up here? No, no. I mean, um, perhaps an explanation of the title of the book, Scheisser, is is obviously the uh, it's a German expletive, um, and uh, it comes from when Union were first in the race of promotion in, in 2017. The fans were were kind of debating among themselves as to whether they actually wanted to go up because they quite liked it in the second division where you know nobody really bothered them and and they could just do their thing and they didn't really want to kind of buy into all the commercialized football of the of the top flight and so when they got to the top of the table they put up this banner saying saying Scheiße, uh, we're going up um, and that kind of summed up the the whole uh, community and the attitude of the club where you know it's it's not so much about success it's about it's about having fun and about you know enjoying football as a kind of cultural thing and place where you you know you meet friends and create family and create a community around around something really really special so that's what on your are about and that's that's what the books what books kind of about is how to how to maintain that community even even when you're you're in the champions league so yeah go and go and get the book it'd be be <laughs> great to have more and more people reading it awesome well if folks want to watch union berlin uh against Mines this Sunday. Uh, that game is at 8.30 a.m. Central Time here in the U.S. Uh, I believe it's on ESPN+. Plus. I know I'll be certainly uh, checking it out. Check out Kit on, on Twitter. Check out his book. And uh, Kit, just really appreciate you joining the show. Thank you so much. No worries. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, man. And thanks to everyone for listening to Here and Abroad. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a fellow USMNT fan. I'm Frank Garza, and I'll be back next week with a new episode.